Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team Hi, it's episode 23, season 4 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast My name's Jav, joining me this week, my co-host John Steggles Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, hello And Zoe Pearson Hiya, hiya. Uh, right, um, Centurion, Kane, he's got some mighty big balls, hasn't he? He has. I think we're running out of superlatives for him. Um, he's the player of a generation. He's, uh, he's, he's just outstanding. Um, I, I, I take, have you both read the piece in the Player Tribune that was published today that he yeah. wrote about yeah. his eyes? That gave me a lovely, warm, fuzzy feeling as I read that. Um, he was just brilliant. And my favourite quote from that is, I closed my eyes and I picture myself lifting the Premier League trophy at our new stadium with my mates. I'd trade the next 100 goals for that feeling. I, I can't love him any more than I do at the moment. He's just fantastic. The 100 goals and a million haters at the moment. It's at his hours and it's absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. What do you think, Zoe? I think I think Kane 100 has a an absolute brilliant ring to it. You know, it's, it was just a matter of time, obviously, before he got the the hundredth goal, and and to do it in the manner that he did, you know, and especially in the context of the game as well, and how important it was. It was the last kick of the game, essentially, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, just it's like you say, how how else do you describe him? I'm I'm just so pleased that I am able to watch him as a Spurs fan and you know there's been a lot of debate about you know is he the best player that that many of us have ever seen and and he surpasses a lot of the the modern legends as such just for his goal scoring ability alone and he's obviously a Tottenham boy he has Tottenham running through his veins and he showed that with that wonderful piece that he wrote and you can tell that he loves the club and loves the fans and and we love him equally in return he had by his own standards I thought he had a relatively quiet game yet he still came he still came up at the end and scored okay it was a penalty but you know you've 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 got to convert those chances and and he did and and he's added to his tally um the uh, let's start with yesterday um I was at Anfield. This is the third trip that I've been up to Liverpool. Um, I've still yet to see us win there. But the one thing that struck me about yesterday's performance was, unlike two seasons ago when, when we drew, when it was one all, and then particularly last season when, when we lost, both occasions I thought Liverpool played particularly well. Um, and I didn't feel that yesterday. And I think that we played a really good game. I, I thought we, we took the game to them. Um, we, as far as I'm concerned, I think we, we were the only team that looked like we wanted to win the match. Um, what they did very well was they capitalised on our mistakes. Um, Dyer's obviously notably the first half, and other t- times during the during the game, um, when we when passes went 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 astray, they were quick to pounce. Um, but I thought we you know we the very least we deserved was a, was a point. 
Um, just for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's, go, sorry, Jav. I was, I was just going to say, just um, in terms of the, the I was just just going to start with you just talking about the um, the first goal. Um, Dyer's been uh, there's been a lot of talk about you know Dyer Dyer's wayward pass putting in, in free Salah, but I thought that actually that started off with a catalogue catalog of mistakes with Sanchez and Vertonghen not clearing the lines. And then, obviously, it capped off with with Dyer's, Dyer's um, wayward back pass, which put Salah through very very early on. And obviously, that's that's a, a bit of a sucker punch. They play the high press very well, and they 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 do press from the front, and they don't give you a chance. And as soon as that mistake does come in, they've got the players with the guile to to get in and about you and to get a shot off. Um, yeah, Sanchez didn't cover himself in glory, nor did Dyer really. But saying that, they had three shots on target through the entire game. And I can't really think of Loris doing much more than picking the ball out of the net. Um, the defence and the midfield are doing well and stifling these chances. But we're still conceding from those few that are created, which I think we need to cut. Well, if we can cut them out, we'd be much, much better off. Um, it annoys me we defend well and still concede. Um, you know, they... They're not like they had great chances. It was, um, it, it's it's frustr- It's very frustrating. Another frustrating night in in Liverpool, really for me. Unfortunately, we we deserve better than that. And I think if if you know, it's it's nice to say if Harry Kane had scored that pen, if Dyer hadn't made that back pass. But you never know. A, a, a ball, a pass changes the match completely. Uh, and you know, it's, all, all matches are in quantum states until till the final whistle. It's uh, it's hard to quantify, really. Mm. Mm. I mean, I, I made a point on Twitter before the game even kicked off. You know, you know, let's not give them any early gifts. You know, let's not cause our own problems. And to be honest, that is essentially what happened for that very first goal. It wasn't, it wasn't any sort of wonderful Liverpool move that cut us apart. It was a, it was a sloppy mistake. A bit of miscommunication between Sanchez and and Dyer, and it's like you say, John. You know they've got the players that are going to hurt you, especially that early in the match when everyone's fresh and 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 firing. And and Salah, who's in the form of his life at the moment for Liverpool, he was never going to miss the opportunity to 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 put them one up. And that was the frustrating thing about that very that about that first half for me was that, you know. Okay, that was it was the first forty-five minutes, but I was worried about our initial tactics. I have to say, I was I was worried that Potch had called it slightly wrong. In that, obviously, we um, we had the the Liverpool high press to deal with, and 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 I don't think we dealt with it at all well in in that first half, and and they were they were bossing us and creating little pockets of um, like trapping us, play, being able to play across that midfield and, and and causing us all sorts of problems but I think once um once the, the halftime whistle came in and I think it was good that we only conceded although it was earlier it was good that we only conceded that one goal in that first half because as, as much as they were dominant in that first half of football I think they could have really 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 hurt us you know to put two three chances away even though they in the end they never had those shots on on goal but it had the matchup at the beginning of the of the game to to be one of those horrible nights at Anfield that we're all unfortunately 
actually becoming accustomed to. But I think once one Yama came on in that second half, obviously it changed the game with his with his goal. But I think tactically we adjusted adjusted, we looked more balanced, Dyer sort of slotted back. I think Sanchez wasn't having the best game by by any stretch, but you know, um the second half we, we seemed to come out a bit better. We looked in better shape. They they stood off us, which I think probably helped us as well. They weren't quite as intense in the second half. So um I think uh, generally I think we could have we could have won the game. We could have very easily lost it. So I think mm-hmm. I'll happily take a point all day long. I think certainly, you know, when you concede any early goal in, in games like this, um and it's obviously worse when it's self-inflicted as, as it was yesterday, a stupid mistake. Um there is that feeling that you know, here we go, it's gonna be really difficult. But although we as you say, so we had a difficult first half, second half second half we we, we looked a lot stronger and even when when we were one one nil down I thought, keep going, keep going, we're gonna get that equalizer. Um so it could have been far worse, I suppose what I'm saying. Um and probably on, on reflection um points it's a good result. You know, that's four points off Liverpool this season. Um, if this was towards the business end of the season, um, you know, last half a dozen games and and we're chasing Liverpool and, and, and Chelsea and we really need to win it at that point, I'd I'd be concerned. But at, at this point, with a lot of lot of matches still to be played, I, I think it's a decent result. Um, Sanchez, um, I'm slightly concerned about him because I, he didn't have a good game. Um, as you mentioned, sorry, I... I noticed this in the middle of the week, and we'll talk about the United game a bit later. But um, don't get me wrong; he's a superb player, great, great talent. He's also a young player, so he's gonna, you know, he's gonna make mistakes and he's gonna improve. We know that. But it's one side of his game which concerns me, um, and it's more um, it's it's magnified, I suppose, more so recently with Toby not not being there and with us switching to a back four and there being an onus for him to play the ball out of the back. When he's in a back three, generally he's sweeping up and it's Alderweireld and Vertonghen either side of him who are bringing the ball forward. In a back four, the onus is on him and I think that side of his game he needs to improve on and I think that there were points both to a lesser degree on Wednesday but particularly yesterday, where his distribution was wasn't good, and he didn't look composed. And I, do you know what? When Pochettino made that very first substitution, you could see Lamella warming up, and you do that thing just before, just before the card is raised, and you're sort of thinking to yourself, "Who's he going to bring on? Who's he going to bring on?" And I, to myself, I said he should he should bring off Sanchez, and he should drop Dyer to the back. And you know, and bring on Lamella. Little did I think he'd actually do that, and I'm so glad he did that because I think that was the right move. Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, it was it was it was a brave sub, but you know, um, Dyer wasn't having the best of games, and I thought that's good. Dyer's going to drop back, and I thought, oh no, Dyer's going to have to drop back because he wasn't having the best game there. But it, you know, we've criticised Poch in the past for his subs, but I think he got it nailed on. Yeah, yesterday he really did. Mm. I think with Sanchez as well, I think what was worrying me yesterday, as much as you say his distribution from the back, but I think his positioning was, was slightly worrying 
We've lost you, sorry. Got pace for a centre half. He's got the pace to get back and and rescue, you know, himself from time to time. But he was, maybe it was the the pace of the the Liverpool front three that was that was causing him that that issue yesterday in particular. But I, I thought I, I I was worried about him positionally as well. I thought he was getting himself into all sorts of muddles and then obviously not being able to play out very well and and then being caught on the back foot it doesn't it doesn't suit him to do that at all and it's like you say I think having the two defenders having Alderweireld and, and Vertonghen almost aids you know him in so that if, if, he, if he is out of position just slightly there's always not just one defender one one centre half to, to cover him there's there's the other two to sort of mop up any any sort of potential balls in behind that we may may face with Sanchez but I think it's unfair to to completely call him out after one poor performance I think you know for looking at everything he's done since he's come into the side this year his age like you say he's, he's still a young a young man I think he's potentially very 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 good but of, he's ne- he's not going to be able to be at that top top level at all times no, no none of our players are but you know it was the right call for him to come off yesterday absolutely um and to have Wanyama come on as well you know and obviously to make the difference like he did that could be the little thing that that little chink for him to to really kick on now because he's not looked his best obviously because it's coming back from the injury you know he, he played against Newport and he wasn't completely on top form either but to to come in make the difference as he did you know hopefully that'll be the second half of the season him back to his best and making a difference for us as well I think he's just as important in that midfield as as Dyer and and Dembele 100% talking of midfield um John what did you make of Dembele's performance and were you surprised when he came off was he just out of gas it, it looked. It, I mean, he played so well against Man United, um, but Liverpool managed him in the game better than Man United did. I think he was trying to do the same things, but the way uh, the, the way that Liverpool were set up, it, it it just negated what he was trying to do in that in that press that they had on in the first half. He couldn't play that game. In the second half, um, they basically stopped pressing. Liverpool, Liverpool just stopped pressing and we had more of the ball and we could play our game that we wanted to but uh, he, he he wasn't he didn't impose himself as he did versus United I didn't think um, which is a pity because I think after that 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 game everybody was pretty like thinking he's back to his best here we go we you know we're going to have a, a great performance but I think the way they set up he was out of the game completely it was a frustrating Frustrating performance from Dembele, I, I thought, you know, and he gets into great positions from from time to time. And that, I mean, he's not renowned for his shooting, obviously, you know. But at times, you you thought, well, you know, if, if you can't beat this man in the first half, just just take a shot on, you know, you're, you're in a good enough position to at least try and test the keeper. And you know, it's it's, an, it's so frustrating because he's such a good, good, good footballer. You just wish he would have more shots at goal. Because you never know. I mean, look at the goal we did score. What you know that, that the way that came off. But I think it's like you say, John, to have the performance that he did against United, and I think he was 
definitely, in, especially in that that first half, he was he was definitely managed out of the game. And I think um, he he also lost the ball quite a lot in that first half. He was sort of carrying it that bit, bit too far and running himself into trouble. But like you said, the, the second half they stood off us and he was able to, to get into it a little bit more. Um, but then there's that thing of Wanyama coming on for him as a substitute. And he didn't play he didn't play Diane Wanyama in the midfield, did he? He dropped Dyer back and, and played Wanyama as the holding yep. player. Yep. So they yep. they're on the field together but but not necessarily in that in that midfield too. Was it was it Delhi that dropped back into to midfield? I can't or it was Christian, wasn't it? It was yeah. Christian Eriksen back next to Wanyama. So um, he was playing that Dembele role. But with rather than coming forward, it was more that creative picking of passes, which ultimately unlocked the door in the end for us. Um, we're going to talk, obviously, about the, the two penalty decisions in a minute because there's, there's some questions around that. Um, but just very briefly, um, the second Liverpool goal, at the time I felt um, in real time when I saw it, but also having since watched it on TV, um, that Hugo shouldn't have come out and headed the ball for a, for a throw. And I think if he'd left it, it would have been perfectly fine. Um, and that obviously then resulted in, soon afterwards, um, Salah's goal. Um, again, am I being a bit harsh on Hugo? He's prone to a ricket, um, but again, we've said it, though, Liverpool have got the players that will punish those mistakes, and, and as soon as that ball dropped to him, he was off, and the the players were were slow to react, um, and he, he sort of like went into a crowd of bodies and emerged with the ball. Um, it happens a lot in under-10s football. <laughs> um, it, it, it's just one of those things. He, he got away, and, he's, and to be honest with you, I was... I, that those last ten minutes, I went from elation to screaming at the telly, to to screaming at the telly even louder. Um, a, a, a crazy ten minutes, but I don't, you know, it, it's, it's, it's both of the goals. You know, we, a lot of lots been made on social media about the penalties, but the the two goals were two great goals to grace that game, and I think more should. You know, if we want to make anything of that game, we should be talking about the goals, really. Um, okay, so we've got a few comments, questions from listeners um, around the game. Um, Karim Cronfully says, the one thing I love about the current manager and the team is they are learning. We've had problems with the Anfield press the last two seasons, a tactical change in the right personnel, and we started controlling the match. Combine that with a never-say-die attitude. Top game. Um, Rob Cracksford, definitely not a penalty. And then he puts in chevrons, runs away so fast. Um, the penalty the penalty decisions, were they, weren't, weren't they, well, were they, or were they not penalties? Um, Zoe, were they the right I mean, decision? By the letter of the law, um, and subsequently looking at... Uh, and uh, this isn't just a, a, a Tottenham perspective. This is looking at different sources, different opinions, and 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 having a, a whole twenty four hours after to assess each one. And I think I think the I think there were both penalties. I think the decisions were right for for both goals, uh, for both penalties. Sorry, um, I think it was the first one. Is there's obviously that debate about offside, but it's like you say, it took a nick off 
off Lovren and and so therefore, you know, Harry was in. You know, I've, he wasn't. This is where this is where the, the grey area comes because Harry was in an offside position. Yeah, but yeah. he he wasn't offside until he, he's not offside till he touches the ball, and because Lovren touches it before it gets to him, he's not offside. Well, didn't, it, didn't it take a nick off Wijnaldum as well? I, I I thought I read something that it took a nick off off Wijnaldum and then he, then he was in. Or was it was it Wijnaldum or, or Lovren? It, anyway, it, it um, was Lovren, and I think this is what the referee was clarifying because he he knew it took a nick, but he didn't yeah, know yeah. which player. But yeah, mm. Kane was off was in an offside position, but as soon as Lovren played that ball, uh, he became and and this is where the Liverpool fans have been losing their shit because and I think a lot of other fans and if it was the other way around, we'd probably be losing our shit because I think the 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 offside rule needs to go back to being offside or not offside. Yeah. None of these yeah. active players or, or anything like that. You're offside or you're not offside. It's simple. Just take it. Just take it. Just roll it back to that. And that's you know. It's it's a bit ridiculous, really, and that that's that you know. And it, it, can I just go back and just say it's been lovely watching the Liverpool players uh, fans melt down today, all of them. Where my boss was in, in a good mood. It's like somebody's gone in and shat on Shankly's grave. It's been <laughs> fucking wonderful today. I've absolutely loved every minute of it. The, Aaron came up to my desk today and I said, "Aaron, what's that on the floor? What? You've dropped two points, mate. I, I have been winding them all up all day. It's been glorious." Absolutely glorious. But yes, um, basically, the first one, and, and there was, and Kane said that he, he, you know, uh, it's not his job to get out of the way of the, the, the keeper if he comes out to that ball. Mm. There's contact, he's going over. You know, he's not going to dive at everything, but it's not, if the keeper comes out, it's not, he's not going to get out of his way. He's, that's it. It's a, it's a pen. At the what end of the day, Harry. Harry, Harry will take that ball forward. You know, he's not he's not looking for the contact from the goalkeeper to go down to win the penalty. Harry, Harry's going round the goalkeeper to put the ball in the back of the net. The goalkeeper's come out, he's clipped him, and he's gone over. So you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna. Okay, fair enough. Like if you've seen the angle closing down, you have an argument that you know maybe he was looking for it. But at the end of the day, Harry as a striker. He took the he took the ball. It was going round the he was he was trying to go round the keeper to slot it past him. It, as far as I could could see, you know what what be the point going down there when you can when you can have the shot at goal? It's no yeah. point. No, no point. point at all. Uh, Jav, what did, did you from the stadium? I mean, you were yeah. on the other end, weren't you? Yeah. What, what did you see of it, and what, and what was the reaction around you? Um. Well, the, the first one. The first one, from what I could see, was a penalty from 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 a long distance. Immediately, I just thought pen. Okay, and obviously, I've, I've had to, um, I've watched it, watched it subsequently, and I, and I feel that if I'm totally honest, the, se- the second goal, um, I was starting to drift out of the stadium. Mm. Um, okay. Very slowly. Very very <laughs> sl- very not not. I hadn't le- I hadn't left, but I was just I was just doing that thing where you're just walking very slowly. Towards, because it was what the ninety. There was four minutes of extra time played, and I think it was the ninety-third minute or something like that, or ninety-fourth. It was that final minute, and I was just edging towards, and suddenly there was a stoppage in the game, and I wasn't quite sure what happened. And then I heard, and I saw whoever it was in the centre circle. I think it was Dyer 
and somebody else, maybe Vertonghen, celebrating and raising their, their arms, and somebody said, oh, we've been awarded a penalty. So I didn't really have a good view of the second. Um, again, um, that's, that's the, Lamella, the kick on Lamella. Um, mm. So that... But both of them, to me, look Stonewall penalties, having seen them on TV since. The, the Carrie Kane one reminded me of... Um, Gary Lineker against many, 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 many years ago um, in the 1990 World Cup. England played um, Cameroon in a quarter-final game. There were two penalties in, in that match and the goalkeeper came out and, and Lineker went down and Kane Kane threw on goal. He's not going to, he's not the sort of player who's going to go down. He's going to try to beat the keeper and whether that's, you know, through his legs or, or, or round the keeper, that, that's what he's going to do. He's not. He's, it's not in his mentality. And uh, yeah, for me, out and out pens. Um, I don't really want to get into the last two podcasts. We've we've had um, debates on VAR, and I don't really want to do that now. But um, really quick question, both of you: Do you think it would have made a difference if if VAR had been used for that um, game to the outcome? It- if they had been used for the outcome, there would still have been penalties because they were both penalties. Um, so they would have made any difference, but we wouldn't have had all of this debate and all of this intense speculation and all of the meltdown and all of the the stuff that's gone on on Sky and the radio and stuff if we'd have been VAR. And I think um, this that sort of debate and that the people talking about it is one of the things that makes football brilliant because everybody has an opinion, even though it's been you know it, 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 they were both pens. The scouts are still saying he dived this rubbish and they'll pens, blah, blah, blah. No, you know, that's what the opinions is what make football. So in in this occasion, I wouldn't have liked to seen VAR used on them at all. No, you're 100% right. And, and you know, the fact is, if we'd benefited from the subsequent penalty, had Harry Kane scored it and we, we ended up winning it 3-2, you can almost understand the uproar from the, from the Liverpool fans that, you know, we subsequently benefited from a dubious decision in their eyes. You can understand then the questions coming up, but the fact that the penalty was missed, you know, why make make such a song and dance about it? You know, we we got a point each, which is a fair result, given the whole complex of the game, the whole way the game panned out in the end, it was a fair result. It's just sour, it just looks like it's sour grapes, which it it is. He's got his 100th goal, you know, he's, He's made them look silly. He made Klopp look silly. It's sour grapes, as far as I can see. Uh, I, I loved the fight. The fact we had the fight and kept going right till the end, right till that last kick to get a result. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but two two one down in the past, our heads would have gone and that would have been it. But the fight that's in that team, um, it makes me really, really optimistic for the last twelve fixtures going forward. Now, um, for the rest of the season. Um, very much on getting top four. Very much on. Um, I think on the on the yeah on on the question of top four, whether that's fourth or third, dare I say even second. Um, I know we with United winning, they've stretched their lead slightly over us I think that's the big difference between this season and previous seasons is when we were chasing the team in first place and there isn't obviously that that chase now 
not for us, not for anyone. City have walked away with or win the league convincingly. Um, the previous two seasons, when we were chasing Leicester, particularly, and also Chelsea to some degree last season, um, it, you always got that impression. It didn't matter how whether we were putting wins together and going on really good runs. The team above us kept winning. They kept winning. They kept winning. Whereas now, I look at the teams that we're chasing in in um, Liverpool and Chelsea, and and you know, dare I say, even, even United can still be caught. All of them are vulnerable. All of them, all of those teams have got that air of vulnerability. And in what dozen games left of the season, I can see them still dropping points further. And particularly, I think Liverpool will drop points to. They've got a fairly easy run in now. They don't have any of the top six for a while but I can see them particularly dropping points to the to the so-called lesser teams and I think to our credit one thing that we do very well is pick up maximum points against the the, the weaker teams we have struggled obviously in recent seasons against the top six particularly away from home but um, we seem to do better against the, the weaker teams um, Sam or um, sorry John no I was going to say um out of the top six, um, Liverpool have got to play Man United away and Chelsea away. Good luck with that. Um, uh, we've got Arsenal at home and City at home. And Chelsea away. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, I, I fancy us to get something against Chelsea, finally, after 28 years of not having won at Stamford Bridge. I, I really do. And and against uh, home to Arsenal and home to, to, to City, Wembley is starting to become... A bit of a fortress. Yes. Did, it, I, did I just nice. say that? You did. No, it's um, true. It's true. We've lost one game all season. Yeah, it's true. Right. It's uh, true. Sam Moore, how big are Harry Kane's balls to score the second penalty after missing the first one? Have either of you heard of a comic called Viz? Yeah. Um, there's a character in that called Buster Gonad and his unfeasibly large testicles. <laughs> and it's about a kid who walks around with his testicles in a wheelbarrow because they're so large. And I'm just and Harry Kane is very much that person at the moment. They're, his like cojones it. are huge. To 180 minutes without a goal on his 99th, you know, goal to get another one. He misses a pen and he steps up in the last minute of the game to take that one, to get to his 100th goal and to get the draw. Massive, 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 massive. Brilliant. Brave, brave to say the least. You know, can you imagine the scrutiny had he missed the second penalty? Do you know what I mean? All the, forget the 99 goals that he scored up until this point. If, had he missed the second penalty, you know it would have been weeks and weeks and weeks of rival fans lording it up. He, you know... He's supposed to be the best striker in the Premier League, but he's missed two penalties in the same game, yada, yada, yada. You know, he didn't need that. He was given the opportunity to right the wrong of the missed penalty, and he put it away. I, I'm always nervous watching Spurs. I'm always nervous if we get given a penalty. It doesn't matter who takes it, but I'm more confident of Kane, even though he missed the first one, I'm more confident of Kane stepping up to take a penalty than, than anybody I've ever watched. Step up, step up and take a penalty for, for Tottenham. Even Pendaldo from a couple of years back, you know, um, which, was, which was his only contribution seemingly to, to, to the team. But, you know, it was a brave thing for him to, do step, up, to step up again. But, but who else was going to take it? True. Who else was going to take it? It was his 100th goal. He, there was nobody else that was going to take that second penalty. And, and he basically, you know, 
right the wrongs of 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 the missed one and i mean, I mean okay we're gonna get my fans saying what is a penalty merchant now and one season wonder and all this but you know it was written for him to to to, to step up that second time brave and- but absolutely the right thing to do Every journalist in England, after Salah had scored, had typed out Spursy, and then yeah. had to delete it when that went in. And yeah. that's the beautiful thing. We've, we're getting we're getting rid of that. We're getting rid of that that tag. Except of and course, they, except of course. Sorry, John. Except of course, Spursy would be quite apt to describe Liverpool. Yes. Yeah. 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 Bottlers would be better. I hate that Spursy. I hate that Spursy phrase or whatever you want to call it. I hate it. It's so it's so not justified of this Pochettino team, of the way that the mentality that we have now. It's it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? It's absolutely chalk and cheese. It, it, it's it's desperate haters wanting something to to continue to put us down with. I think because we are we we're, we're not that anymore. It's lazy. Um, it's lazy. Yeah. When they've got nothing else, that's what comes out. Yeah. That that's what comes out. When they've got nothing else, oh, it's Spursy. That's all they've got. You know, and it it's it's lovely now to you know get those get that result, turn turn that round. It's it's lovely. Absolutely brilliant. Um David Phipps just comments Harry's big balls has surely got to be the title for this episode of the podcast guess what dave um <laughs> delhi uh, okay uh, a few more questions i'll come to in a minute um so delhi delhi's been in the news should we say today um for um stuff that's happened outside of football um, we're not going to dwell too much on that really With the, is this his trip to um with sunny to do some um, adidas that's it yep yeah, that's it that's yeah, the one. That's, yeah. that's, there's nothing that, else yeah. gone on no, there's nothing else no, no, no. I, I haven't seen anything i haven't no, seen anything no, no. no. And, and, and unfortunately that that the, the adidas marketing trip we're not we're not going <laughs> to talk about because um yeah yeah you know there's there's other things to talk about so his um yesterday um he he he, he got a yellow card for a dive now I've watched that back, and I, I don't obviously I don't I don't think it was a penalty by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't I thought that the yellow card wasn't justified either because I don't think he dive. I just think he fell and he lost his f- footing. The fact that he didn't appeal the decision when he went down, um, and didn't call for a penalty to me just suggested that he just lost his footing. So the the penalty decision against Man United, um, which was an out and out blatant penalty. When he got uh, scythed down, um, probably stems from the fact that he goes down this easy, and the referees are looking at going, "Oh, he's gone down again. It's not a penalty." And I think it's indicative of the way he plays that he's always looking and he's always on the he's always on the edge. He plays the games on the edge of it, um, and I, I I don't want him to cut out that that this streak of him being Delhi, but I want him to. Just be a bit smarter in the box and not go down like that. Honestly, because he's it's going to cost us again. It will get will not get another penalty because he goes over all the time. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's just got to be a bit smarter. Again, he's young. He'll grow up and he will um, mature and he'll and this this side of his game may go. 
but it it, uh, it may well cost us again in the future. It just be a bit smarter, Delhi. Come on. Yeah. No. Total opportunities. Don't take them. Hundred percent. But don't don't the best players always play on the edge? Didn't I mean Gareth Bell when we when he was playing for Spurs? He was he was always accused of of going down easily in the box and and looking for looking for it. But you know it's like you say the best players invariably play on the edge they're always looking to make the difference and i will i'd take that a hundred times over than him him be a passenger in our team 100 percent. yeah he could be a bit smarter in in the decisions that he makes and you know I, i'm always an advocate of when he's provoked into a situation of him walking away and i'm like yes deli that is what we want you know you can have that edge to you but be smart about it be smart about it. Don't be causing us any unnecessary problems. And I think, as you say, as he grows, as he develops, as he ages, as he matures, as a as a man, as, as well as a footballer, that will get less and less and less. And we'll just be left with this completely all-round, brilliant English talent that will represent our country as much as anything else. For, for, even, even, if he, even if he doesn't play for Tottenham forever. You know, he'll, he's, he'll be one of the, the the modern footballers that will will grace the the world stage for for years to come i re- i really believe that i just hope that that as he matures and as he goes on to do great things um for england um that he remains a spurs player to be honest um mm. I, I i think we don't want to see this team broken up because it, it it's a it, you know, we've got players of, like I said, we've got players of a generation in Harry Kane, and we've got. He's the type of player that has is helping grow the club, and he's having such a massive cultural impact on English sport and world sport, and that focuses on Tottenham. It's not. It's you know, for once, it's not on Man United with Rooney, it's mm. not on any other team with another player. It's Tottenham and it's Kane, and you look around and there's Ali and there's Ericsson and it, it's it's our team, and mm. uh, you know, don't want to see any of those players leave. I think you know we're 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 all fighting for them and all with them on this journey because you know, and it, uh, because we've not had this, you know, apart from the last two seasons where it's we're picking up and up and up. We're we're on this roller coaster now, and we're not mm. getting off it. Mm. Okay, um, we've still got we've got a hell of a lot to get through because we, we haven't even talked about United, and we've got about three more questions just on Liverpool. But um, John, very quickly, what's happening in 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 Zoe's neck of the woods? In Zoe's neck of the woods. Oh, what do you mean, Bakayoko oh. getting sent off and Watford being one nil up? Exactly that. Oh, uh, oh my goodness, I I hadn't even I hadn't even thought to check that. Uh, uh, what? For, what for winning currently? Yep, yeah, 1-0. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah come on. Let's have some of that. Yes. And, and Chelsea down to 10 men. Um, right, okay, let's just really quickly finish talking about Liverpool. Kent Goodrich, credit to Pochettino for changing things in the second half, but he did persist too long with the midfield... But Sorry, but did he pers- persist too long with the midfield diamond? And he just goes on to say, it seemed with Dembele targeted and Eriksen subdued, we couldn't get much going um there is certainly this goes back to the whole thing about Pochettino leaving substitutions too late um there is that argument that he 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 waits a long time before changing things 
and and I guess that's what Kent is driving at here. I think that I've always defended Pochettino on that front, and I think that he gen- generally believes in the starting lineup, the, both in terms of personnel, um, formation maybe less so. He can always change it over the course or course of the game, but I, I think he's one of those where he he believes in what he's got and. He knows that if he continues to persevere, that the players that he's picked in the formation will eventually open up the opposition and and will start to score one goal and another one and and so on and so so forth. Um, well, yesterday he made he took the decision to bring off. Um, we talked about earlier Sanchez to bring on Lamella, Lamella and then later Wanyama for for for. for Dembele and, and change things up and ultimately it paid off so no, I, I don't think he persisted too long I think that's just that's that's his style really two points on the formation why it, the, the team that played so well against Man United we're going to cover in a minute but why would you change that when they've gone out and done that to Man United I certainly wouldn't change it secondly I thought Trippier and Davis Davis especially was were really really good um, for some reason, Trippier's crossing was a bit off, but they played they uh, better than I've, I can recall recently. They were really, really good. Yeah, brilliant. I think, um, as like we're saying, you know, we were ner- I was nervous tactically at the beginning of, of the game, but you know, I think this is the one one of the the games that you can actually say Pochettino, you know, he made the right substitution at at the right time, um, and ultimately that that changed our fortunes in, in this particular game. Uh, you know, it's like you say, he's, he's come in for a lot of scrutiny. and But, but he's that, he, there's that thing he said in the past about trust, about trusting his philosophy and trusting his players to play in the way that we want them to, in the way that he wants them to. And although it didn't necessarily work in the first half as much as he would have liked, you know, credit where it's due to him because, you know, having seen that it wasn't working, he then changed it up. And we reap the rewards from it, I think, and 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 that's that's all we can ask of Poch at, at this moment in time. Um, Conor Manetto, will the talking heads shut their fucking mouths about Poch's supposed inability to adjust tactically after his masterclass tactical adjustment this weekend? Um, I think we sort of discussed that. Mm-hmm. In the previous, I'll never question. mention it again. I'll <laughs> never mention it again. Um, <laughs> Final thing on Liverpool, Ed Brad, a lucky escape or a sign we have grown as a team? Both. Can yeah, it be both? both? Yeah, bit of both. Bit of both, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Th- like I say, the the way Kane took responsibility when Salah's second went in and he picked the team up and he, and just, you know, like I said, taking that pen, you know, he grabbed that game by the, the scruff of the neck right at the end there and, and, um, and, and, and yeah, he's just unbelievable. But yeah, we've grown. We're growing every time. Grow again next weekend. Yeah, I'm going to be in Disneyland mm-hmm. next weekend. On Saturday. Yeah, uh, we leave. Miss. We leave on. We leave on Thursday. So, but there is a sports bar. They do show football, so I shall be in that. So you, yeah. you'll be telling us all afterwards about how you watch the North London derby in Disneyland of all places. Yes, yes. Uh, how, uh, how, how cool <laughs> yeah. is that? Um, yeah, that, uh, inclined to agree with, with you both. Um, we, we've grown as a team, but you always need that little bit of luck in football. Even, you know, the best teams have that, and and, and we had that. Um, okay, second half of the podcast, we're going to... We, we, 
probably should have done it in the first, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss the United game briefly. We'll look at um, that North London derby in, in New, Newport, look at um, getting predictions for, for those, and we'll do a few more questions from listeners. But before we do, um, the Spurs ladies were in action yesterday. Um, it was an eventful game um, for them as well. Um, here is Bex with this week's Spurs ladies update. Hi, it's Bex to let you know what's been happening with the Spurs ladies. They played Sunday the 4th of Feb against Doncaster Bells in the FA Cup and sadly lost 3-0. Not only did they lose 3-0, um, but Tony Amway and the keeper managed to get herself sent off, which is really sad. So having not mentioned anything about sending off in however long I've been doing this update, now I have two in two weeks to tell you about. Sad for Tony Ann, sad for the whole team. However, as they are out of the cup, the traditional rationale retain, returns and of course that leaves them now free to concentrate on the league. Next game is this Sunday coming in the 11th of Feb and that's in the league against Oxford United. It's at Chesson at 2 o'clock. Go see it as ever if you can. Hopefully that will give us a better result than we've had the last couple of games. Apart from that, there's very little happening in the world of the ladies team so that will be me all done and dusted. If anybody wants to chat, I'm on Twitter at Bunchespecs. Cheers, thanks, bye-bye. Hey, welcome back to the second half of the Tom Hotspur family podcast. Um, right, let's briefly... Um, we should probably do it more justice and, and talk about it a little bit more than briefly. Let's talk about United last week. Um, I was there at Wembley and I've got a colleague at work who's a United fan. Um, but he's got quite a few... He lives in London, like all United fans. Um, and he's got quite a few friends that, um, that are Tottenham fans. And a few weeks before the game, he said, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to that match. And uh, but I'll be sitting in the Tottenham end, and you know all these jokes about I've got to wash myself afterwards, and I'm sitting in the smelly end, and all of this. And I, yeah, 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 right, mate. And um, anyway, so um, Wednesday evening, we, we left work at different times, and I, I I got to Wembley a bit later, and um, I messaged him, and I said um, where he sat, and he said, oh, I'm in block two, whatever it was, and. Uh, Turned out to be Club Wembley, which is where I'm sat. And I was like, okay, great, that's good. I can come and see you at half time because um, with Wembley, it goes all the way around and, and you can go through. And, and, and as long as you're on the same tier, you can generally see other people um, in, the, in other, along the same tier, respective of what, what block you're in. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll meet, you at, meet you in the concourse. And he, he made the mistake of telling me not only the block, but the row and the seat number. So come half time. We're two 0 up, and I go and find him not in the concourse, but I go straight to his seat, and he's just grinning, smiling, and I'm smiling, and he's like, oh, "You, you were determined to come and fi- find me." But in, in all fairness, I think I was, I didn't rub it in too much, but I, I had that feeling of, "Am I going to jinx it by going and seeing him and, and gloating too much?" But uh, we managed to hold on. Um, that was some game. Well, they didn't even start the bus, let alone park it. Um, after the previous results, it was a fucking glorious night, a top, top class performance. And we made United look pathetic. It The whole of that game, the way we just kicked them up in the air, the tactical fouling, um, Sanchez getting royally booed every time, the, the lost face that he had. Even, and I shouldn't justify this, but Delhi's petulant kick on Sanchez just topped it. It was Fucking brilliant. I loved every minute of that. Really did. What a great setup to a really tight little run of fixtures, but a great setup for it. I think the um I think the fact that the media are almost writing us off during this during this period and to, to dismantle United in because it was a dismantling job. 
in the end, you know, the second goal went in and albeit a, an own goal, but you know, they were that was it. They weren't they weren't coming back from that. They never looked like they had they had a, a little five minute spell where after we after we scored that that goal in was it ten point is it ten point six six five six three seconds? I can't remember. T- ten second goal from the, from the kickoff, and they had that little five minute fifth off. No, 15 minute spell um, where they looked like they might put one away but other than that you know we we absolutely did did a job on them and there was, there was nothing Mourinho could do and my, my favorite part about that entire game was uh Fellaini's little cameo coming <laughs> on straight minutes yeah. getting injured and going off again and to be honest I was watching it on the on the TV and they they didn't they didn't really allude to the fact that he picked up an injury so it just looked like he'd thrown Fellaini on it hadn't it hadn't worked, so he took him off again, and then you see him throwing his uh, his top and and storming off down the tunnel. And I thought, oh, you know, it's, what's happened there? Has he he's been subbed off? Has he been injured? Especially with the with the whole contract situation with Philadelphia at United, and they maintain how much they they want him and everything. And I just thought it just it was just it was just the icing on top of the cake of of, a, of what was a, a really really dominant Tottenham performance. Um, I thought it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And you know, if you could, if you could say that um, we deserved all three points from the get-go, we literally did deserve all three points from the get-go. I, I, we've often said the early goal breeds confidence, and I think after you know eleven seconds, we're going to fucking exude confidence. Um, but I don't remember Loris having very much to do in mm. that at all. Um, and, you know, I thought after we scored, they were going to have a right go and we would be backs against the walls and it would be difficult. But they, they didn't have anything. They really did not have anything. They didn't have an answer. Well, I thought first half, I mean, you can't legislate against a goal scores that quickly. That's really, that's that, you know, that that as a football manager, if that happens to you, if you concede a goal that... Yesterday we conceded a goal in, what, what was it, two the first two minutes? But this was the first... 10 point however many seconds and that's going to change Mourinho's way of thinking completely it's, it's going to affect them but that said I, I thought I thought the first 20 or 30 minutes um, whilst they, yeah, they didn't really have any clear cut chances I think there was one or two where Larissa had to come off his line and get to it um, they were attacking and I yeah. genuinely thought Okay, we've got the second one, and we 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 deserve that. But I, I thought come the second half, I, I still thought we, we'd we'd we would win the match. But I thought we'd probably get a third, and they'd they'd pull one back. And I I expected them to score. That second half, they just l- looked like they weren't interested. And we, when it came to every sort of fifty fifty, we showed grit, we showed desire. We, you know, we we just wanted it more than than they did, and I've never seen a Mourinho team just fold like that. And we were fully deserving of of, of that victory. They just looked poor, piss poor second half. And by the way, Pogba, um, again, this United fan I work with, he's a, he keeps going on about Paul Paul Pogba. Yeah, he's he's really good. And oh no, forget last season. No, last season, it, 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 this season he's playing with uh, Matic, and Matic is allowing him to. Matic is doing all the. The, the defensive work and it's allowing po- frees up Pogba to do his thing and he's the best best midfield player. I'm like what better than Deli Ali? Oh no no you can't no Deli Ali's not a midfield player. He's he's, he's more a you know a plays off a striker that sort of thing. Paul Pogba he's the best thing since sliced bread. He was a shower of shite. He was, he was shocking. Poor. 
Jose hauled him off. Jose Jose made a point to haul him off and put and he brought Fellaini on in his place. And that was a message to Pogba as much as anything else. I'm 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 the thing is it sounds like you know, um it sounds like I'm taking away from the Tottenham performance. But ultimately it was it was the United's it, it was United causing their own their own problems. A bit like how we started against against Liverpool. United were causing their own issues and we capitalised on, on that fact and then ultimately ran them ragged. But you look at the Alexis Sanchez sign-up signing, if I can, can just briefly mention him mm-hmm. in that. He was put on the left wing, I believe. And as by all accounts, from what, from what I've seen, I mean, I don't follow United a huge amount, but um, from what I've seen and what I've read from different people, Martial has, has seemed to be a, a shining beacon in that United team. And he's been, you know, one of their one of their best players this season to bring in Sanchez from Arsenal ultimately you know quality signing but he they moved Martial from the left wing to the right wing to cater to bring in Sanchez for that game why would you move ultimately the person who's been your most dominant offensive player to the opposite wing where he had no effect on that game whatsoever and Sanchez didn't do an awful lot either so you know it, it to me it was full of United mistakes we were then absolutely dominant in the way that we were you know our performance from from Laurie's right through to Kane every single one of our players turned up and you couldn't see anything other than the, a Tottenham win in the end because United just they just didn't have anything to come back with at all and Pogba nah I don't see the I don't see the fuss myself, mm. but I'm not a United fan, so I wouldn't. But I don't I just don't see I just don't see what 90 million buys you with him. It, 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 I was having a talk to Danny, who's the uh, Chelsea fan on my team at work, and uh, she was saying about um, Mourinho um, turning players or, or not being able to coach players and, and turning them shit. And she says every t- Salah, suit when Liverpool bought Salah, she was goading the Liverpool fan saying oh he's rubbish he's absolutely rubbish oh you've bought a, a dummy there and she she basically over the week come in yes this morning and said I've eaten my words it's just Mourinho again turning another player into shit and I don't honestly I agree with her I don't think he does enough with his players I think he's from yeah. the Harry, Harry Redknapp um, school of management which is go out and run around a bit he honestly believes that they've got the skills to do their job all he needs to do is point him in the direction and let him do it where Poch coaches players into a position, into tactics, and gets them to do the things that they need to do well. There's a complete difference, and I don't. I think Mourinho's a bit of a fraud, and I think he's being found out again. And I don't think he'll be at Chelsea at the end of the season. Uh, sorry, United Man United. United. Even. Yeah. yeah, sorry, Man United. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let, let's move it on to this week. Um, Newport in the middle of the week. Um, should we beat them at Wembley? Either Rochdale or Millwall away awaits. Um, those two play tomorrow. Tomorrow evening. Um, we're going to beat Newport, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, it's nice that they got a nice payday coming to Wembley. But yes, we'll beat them. We got we got too much for them. Um, do you think it'll be a strong team, Zoe? Uh I think it'll be it'll be a, a second string. Tottenham team, but it'll it'll certainly be enough to to see off Newport. I, I, you know, it's 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 good, like you say, you know, um, John, that they've got their their little payday and their little Wembley 
outing you know good for them as as a as a as a team um to to be able to to come and, and show themselves on, on the biggest stage but I, I think ultimately we'll have um too much for them i think um will toby be fit for that game will he i think we uh, will he will he potentially start that one i hope so i think it's it's a sort of game that i'd i'd, I'd want him to start with you know not too much pressure um i'd rather you know he gets an outing gets a few minutes under his belt before before the north london derby it's a pity we won't see um, Mora really in that game, but um, I'm sure he'll be, get his chance sooner or later. Yeah, 100%. Good for, good for Tongan to get a rest as well, because he's, yeah. he's been pretty full on, you know, in every game. He's he sort of had to be, hasn't he? He's had to, even the even the games at Newport and that, he, he's had to be the the one constant, pretty much. Um, do you reckon Kane will, do you reckon Kane will start? Newport. I think I think Kane will start, and I think if we if we get the job done in you know sixty minutes, then bring on bring off Kane. Yeah, um, we'll go two up, and then he'll come off, and he'll put he'll put um tall man, tall Spanish man, Lorente. On. Yes, Lorente. Yes, tall um, Spanish. <laughs> tall Spanish. El, El Grande. So <laughs> Saturday, John will I'll be, be Disneyland. You'll be living up with with. Donald Duck and various other um, <laughs> Arsenal. Arsenal, we play Arsenal. Um, predictions on that? Win, win, win. A- absolute win on that one. The thing is, their tails will be up because of the way they played in their last game. Um, but they, they, with the way we battled against Liverpool, we're not walking out of that stadium without the win. We're really not. <sighs> I'm, I'm always. Uh, before a North London derby, um, and also when we play Chelsea, I feel nervous. I feel sick, um, and I never go into. Strangely, I'm more confident going into a Chelsea, a game against Chelsea, but I never like to sort of go gun ho and say, "Yeah, we're going to." But even you know, even last season, when everybody said, "Oh, this Arsenal team's really poor, and it's it's the final game," you know, it was a penultimate game at White Hart Lane, and, and we're surely going to beat them, and I. I just always, and actually transpired in that case, they really were poor when they did. But I, I always feel that that they'll raise their game, and I think it won't be any different this Saturday. I think they'll they will they'll raise the game. That but that being said, I think we should have enough to beat them. And do you know what the, the nice thing about it is? You look at the bench yesterday. We had Winks back on the bench, and there's, there's a question later in the running order about uh, midfield options. But we had Winks on the bench. We had Lamella on the bench. Um, we had. Obviously, Lorente, you've got Sissoko. Um, Mora was not available. Danny Rose wasn't on the bench. Wasn't on the bench yesterday, but was on the bench earlier in the week. I don't know why he wasn't on the bench yesterday. Maybe it was just to accommodate Winks. I don't, I don't know whether that was a tactical thing or, or not. But the point is, and hopefully now, um, Waniyama, of course, who came off, came on rather, and hopefully Toby as well. The point is, we've got pretty much all of our players now back and available and going yeah, going into that for, yeah and going into that for the rest of the season but particularly against Arsenal um, we've got all the big boys available so um, if I was a betting man I wouldn't bet against us um, I think we, we should win that um, okay just very very briefly before we get into questions just to mention again um, there is a Tottenham Hotspur um, Legends 
nights night even um, taking place um, at Chessington or in Chessington rather um, it's organized by a gentleman called Darren Sheen um, if you're interested in, it, in attending um, this sorry, this particular um, legend legend ugh, I can't get the words this particular legends night um, Aussie our dealers and David House will be the guests um, it's takes place on Friday the 2nd of March um, doors open about 7.15 um, proceeding to start around about 7.30 um, it's £25 for a ticket um, and it is hosted by none other than Crackers Richard Cracknell um, if you're interested in going to it get in touch with Darren Sheen his Twitter handle is at Chess Spur and it's a great opportunity to listen to anecdotes from um both Aussie and David Howes, um, meet them, get a photograph, get some, get some, get something signed, get an autograph. Um, there's also a, an auction and a raffle at the end. Um, I've, I've done a couple before um, those nights that have been um, in Chessington. Um, David Howes won, sorry, the Ledley King won, and Gary Ma- Gary Mabbott won. I went to um, earlier in earlier last, oh, sorry, earlier this season or. Th- end of 2017 and they're a good good night out so if you're interested 25 pound a ticket friday 2nd of march um get in touch with with darren his twitter handle is at chesper right uh let's finish off with a few questions jj faustino from good name good name footballer wasn't it faustino espria who yeah newcastle yeah do you know what he did after he retired did he uh smuggle lots of cocaine from columbia I think he became a porn star. Oh, there you go. I wasn't far off. <laughs> um, might have to go- Google that, but I'm pretty sure he... Anyway, um, that's one one to Danny Rose later on. Um, so he's, he's from Covent- Coventry, but not Coventry in the Midlands. Connecticut. Um, question for the next podcast. All of the players played f- phenomenal... I can't guess. One of those words I can never manage. During... One of the many words, probably. During the Man United game, I still feel our best starting eleven um, has to have Toby in it. Who do we drop to accommodate Toby? Good question. Good go on, you go first. Go on, Zoe. Oh, oh it's like... Oh. It's it's like having to pick between your children, isn't it? <laughs> that's honestly that's obviously that seems what it that's what it feels like. But um, I would say probably you probably would go like for like for me, I would say Sanchez um, would would be the one to to drop out, um, only for the fact that, that um, offensively I I just can't see Delhi. Ericsson, Sonny. I, I don't feel that Sonny's in the position. So remember last year when um, we have our full strength team and so he would be the one sort of component where you'd say, mm-hmm. you know, he, at a push, he would be the, the player that would be sort of left out on the bench to, to accommodate every single one of our players. I feel this season, I feel like he has well and truly earned his place not not that sanchez not that sanchez hasn't um but i think you're taking away you're taking away a goal threat if you take sun out of that team um you could make an argument for for potentially dembele missing out uh, um long term but i think 
I, I would say I would say Sanchez f- for me to go to get that old viral Vertonghen partnership back and and you could always play a three at the back with uh, Sanchez, Alderweireld, Denver Vertonghen and then obviously one of your your front men miss out. So uh, it, it's a horrible it's a horrible horrible question and I don't envy Poch to be in that situation because they're all very deserving of a place. It's a problem, but it's a good problem to have. Oh yeah, it really is. It really is. I mean, how often can you say that we have? A fully full, fully strength Tottenham team with with no injuries. I mean, that's it's a rare commodity to say the least. And so, that's the kiss of death. I, it, I, I, I'm, I feel, I feel, I feel bad saying, but it, but it's just the situation we're in currently. I, you know, nobody is 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 on the injury list anymore. Everyone's come back, and so whether that means that, you know, Toby comes in automatically. I think it depends on the opposition as well. I think that's that will play a huge mm-hmm. importance on who we're playing because um, Poch, you know, you know, has faced criticism about you know the philosophy and 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 sticking to the way that we like to play. But but I think a lot will depend on the opposition and and the way that they like to play. And so he may even alter, alternate different players each week, coming in, dropping out, which is what you'd hope he would do. I I, I think. I think certainly in, in modern football, you know, where you've got a big squad, um, it's a squad game, um, and you're going to rotate players, and, and and as you say, I think the opposition that you play also sometimes di- dictates that. And do you go with the back three or do you go back four? Before I bring you in, in, in John, I I was inclined to agree with you, Zoe, that I I would in this scenario drop Sanchez. I'd go to a back four, and so. Part of it for the reasons that you, that you stated that you know when when we played with a three last season, somebody else further up the pitch then loses out, and you can't at the moment. Who who would you drop? Um, you, I don't. I can't can't drop Son. I couldn't drop Ericsson. If Kane starts, regardless, Delhi a few weeks ago you might have, but I think he started to hit, hit form now. So I'd, I'd want those three all to start behind Kane. Obviously, you've got you know Lamella and Mura pushing for a place um, from the bench and then you've got a midfield pairing of whoever it might be whether that's say Demp, Bale or Wanyama so then in that scenario you've got to go with, with, with a back four the one time that he tried to accommodate Son last season and Wanyama and play with a back three um, was against Chelsea in the semi-final and he ended up playing Pochettino ended up playing Son as a wing back and that didn't really work very well so I think also in light of the last two games I've seen Sanchez um, I don't think it would do any harm for him to not be guaranteed a place and for us just to go to back four and also it's if you drop Sanchez and he's on the bench actually it that just reflects that we actually have probably more depth than a lot of fans think we have. You know, once we've got everybody fit, you start to look at it. You know, whoever you pick, let's say in that scenario, you 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 pick your best eleven and you go with a back four and two sitting and three players behind Kane and Sanchez is the one who misses out. You could potentially have a bench with Vaughan, Sanchez. Um, I don't know, whichever fullback misses out, let's say Rose um, and Lamella and Mura and Lorente, and that's pretty tasty, you know. So I've, strong, I've, yeah. strong. 
I think we need strengthening up front. But if you want to if, go back to the uh, Mr. Fastino's question, um, I would drop Sanchez, uh, especially after last night's showing, or Dyer. Um, if you want to play with with a back three, so Sanchez sits between Vertonghen and Alderweireld, and and take Dyer out of that. Uh, but then the, the question is, where do you, if you're going to start Wanyama, who do you take out? Start Wanyama and Alderweireld. Mm. Um, it's a nice quandary to have, to be fair, and what w- one that's been overdue. Uh, you know, we've seen to struggle with people being out suspended from the start of the season, so it's just nice to have everyone back. Despite. Um... You know, our achievement last season of, of, of putting that run together in the second half of the season and finishing second in the table and, you know, accumulating record points and all of that. Um, Pochettino very rarely had his strongest 11 available, certainly not for for two consecutive games. Um, and this season, hopefully now, touch wood, hopefully we, we've got everybody or we'll have everybody available. And then, f- you know, for him to have that problem. Um, okay, two questions. I'm, I'm just going to put, put these together. Together. Gary Grover is Dyer's time up, and then following from that, Sam Sam Moore asks, "What's our best central midfield partnership?" Um, Sam goes on to say, "Dyer really struggled against Liverpool, while Stembele did well, and Big Big Vic did well coming on and scored an absolute screamer. Dyer could do with a rest. I think he's made big mistakes in several games recently. I'd go with Dembele and Wanyama for the North London derby." So, okay, two parts there. Is Dyer's time up? And which midfield combo? What's our best midfield partnership? I I like the swag of, of Wanyama and Dembele from last season. I thought that was a nice balance. Um, so I'd I'd quite like to see that back. Yes, please. But again, I'd have a hard time swapping. Apart from give out of a run out against Newport and then play him uh, next weekend into place of Sanchez and that would be the only change that I would make I would keep the same team apart from that who, that started last night against Arsenal I think um, and is Dyer's time up? No still young still learning everybody's growing together I think um, I think in answer to that to the is Dyer's time up question uh, I think Dyer is such a vital cog to our Tottenham machine. I think I always, I always with with Eric Dyer, I, he comes in for criticism. He does, as, as every player, you know, from time to time will will face criticism. I, I just think I go back to when Dyer was signed, and he was the first sort of Pochettino signing, if if you will, you know, uh, versatile, young. He, he he was almost that that first glimpse of of the way that Pochettino Pochettino was taking this this team. You know, we've fended off potential interest from United last summer, and he's you know Pochettino's made it very very clear that Eric Dyer is one of one of the most important players in the, in this Tottenham team. So to say that is he is he finished? He hasn't even started. He's to me, he's versatile. He can play all over the pitch, and you you need players like that. In, in the dressing room whether whether he starts every week is debatable but then that's debatable about every single player and I think to throw Wanyama in to such a huge game coming off the back of such a long injury I think is I think is risky even though I love Wanyama and I love what he brings to our midfield I think it's 
it's it's a lot for him to to be thrown in. Whether whether we see um, Dyer drop to the, drop into a back three, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, where 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 do you guys see one uh, Eric Dyer's position? Is he a, is he a centre back? Is he a, a centre midfielder? Because there's always that debate about him, isn't mm. there? About where his best best position is. Um, he, he's either a holding midfielder or, or back in the central of a centre yeah. of defence. That that little area. That little pocket mm. is where he patrols really well, and he can. And and the thing is, in matches where we're pushing forward, he he whoever's in the middle pushes up, and um, out of Erald and and um, the the uh, the they'll push in together. So we'll be and the the, the wing backs will bomb on, and we're basically playing a two at the back. Yeah. And then as the other teams, they, they all sort of like, and it's lovely to watch. They all, the, as the balls come back, they all sort of like go back into the positions. And all of a sudden we've got a back three to a back five. It's absolutely fantastic to watch. Mm. But yeah, no, he dies best positions just in that little pocket there. Just, just in central, center of defense, just, just in front to protect it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I agree with you there. I mean, in terms of who our best midfield is, I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I genuinely don't know the answer to that to that question because I think they all bring something different to that midfield. Mm. You know, um, I think Dembele on his day is absolutely a Rolls Royce of a midfielder, and he is one of, if not the best players in our entire t- in our entire squad. It's just how often he'll have those days of him being. Dembele, the Rolls Royce, as opposed to you know Dembele, the Mini Cooper, or you, you know what I mean, having a consistent level of performance from Dembele, he's in every single time. I just don't know long term whether that is a realistic view to have of him. I think it's I'm- certainly this question would have been a lot easier to answer twelve months ago, for ex- for example, or eighteen months ago, um, yeah. than now. I think. You, you you can make a case for well, the question of Dyer. No, his time isn't up. I think um, by any stretch of imagination, I think you can make a case for each of them. As you said, though, um, Winks. I think when he's at his very best, he's a superb little player. Um, he's he's really good in terms of retaining the ball, keeping possession, move, keep it t- ticking along. Um, he's also quite dynamic um, and he can press opposition players. And and we saw it this season against Madrid and, and li- away in Liverpool. Superb. Uh, Madrid at home as well. Um, yeah. Dyer, we, men- we mentioned he's got that ability to you know, play in midfield, but he can he can drop back. If, um, if we if we play with a back four, he can drop back and and um, make a free. Um, uh, when Yama was rock solid last season, and Musa Dembele, I don't think there's a midfield player like him at Spurs. He's, he's just superb when he's on top of his game. I think the, the only problem now is, like you say, his injuries. Um, mm. And I, I just don't know whether we're going to get the Dembele that turned up against Everton a few weeks ago and United on Wednesday or the Dembele that turned up against Southampton away and Newport away. And they were two, very, two, two different Moussa Dembele. So it's we've got options. Um, if you're going to put a gun to my head and I had to pick one or sorry pick a pairing I'd probably go for assuming everybody's fully fit and the top of the game and it's just a question of right all these players are are on form and they're they're fully fit and you've you've got to pick a pairing I'd probably go with Dembele and 
one armor. Mm. But you could easily, uh, don't think there's much in it. You could easily go for Dyer and obviously Dyer and Dembele had that good good partnership um, season before last. Um, okay, final two questions. Um, Darren Pamanta says two questions here in one. Um, how does Mura fit into this team? Surely we haven't bought him to be an impact sub. Um, which is also what Lamella seems to be now. Um, I know he's been injured, but Lamella, Lamella doesn't look like he's starting any games at the moment. Uh, I think that, in, the, in with respect to Lamella, you know, he's been injured for a very long time, so he's 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 it's going to take him time to get fully match fit. Not just match fit, but just get that rhythm and just. Get to the to the level that he was that he was before. At um, that's going to take time, and and I think also he, the situation is he's got not just Deli Ali and Ericsson ahead of him. Um, well, they, they were supposed to have started anyway, but he's got Sun now performing really, really well, really you know on fire. So um, he's got to buy this time, um, and I think those opportunities will. Will come. I, th- I think he's a, he's a bit more than an impact sub, but I think that's probably fair at the moment, given he's he's been out injured so long. Uh, Mora, if you're going to spend, what's it, twenty three, twenty five million on a player, which actually isn't a lot in today's money, but if you're going to spend that amount of money, the conventional wisdom is that you know you've, you've bought that player, surely he has to start that sort of thing. I don't know, and or the, the other argument is well, it's, you've, you've bought Mura, so who who do you have to drop to accommodate him? I think it's just about having options, really. Um, mm-hmm. And it goes back, you know, what you said earlier, so about the opposition and and, and who who we play. And I think if certain matches, Mura will start. Um, who he starts ahead of, I don't know. In other games, he might be on the bench, and we want that. We want his pace, perhaps, to uh, to bring on and and open up defences. So, I'm not sure if it's an either or or where he fits into the team. I think it's just going to be dictated by other things like opposition and you know and yeah. and, and, and whether players are, are in form or not. The amount of seasons I've seen the Spurs fans, you know, on Twitter in the ground that I've spoken to, or you know in general the amount of the amount of times we've heard them say we need a pacey winger we need someone who can come on with pace and you know and we ended up with NG and Nkudu and they were never going to be the answer to the questions long term they were they just weren't so Mora is a quality quality you don't play for the likes of Paris Saint-Germain if you haven't got something about you and I think he's been that player that we have been after for two or three seasons now. You know, since losing Gareth Bell, on, you know, he had that pace going up and down that wing. And, you know, it's, it's like you say, he's not going to, he's not, might not necessarily start every game. But then, you know, Pochettino will play the players that deserve to play at that particular the time if he comes in and he sets the world light like sun you know it, it might be a situation like sun I mean, i'm not expecting a huge amount of mora this season i'm really not he's he's not played for psg because obviously the, the name are signing not not a hindrance on his p- personal quality it's just he couldn't get a game so he hasn't played regularly 
just as Lamella, just as Lamella hasn't. So to to ask of both of them to come in and go, you know, you're gonna push Ericsson and, and Ali and Sonny out, out of this team. It, it's like you say, Jeff. It's not gonna work like that. It's good to have them as options, you know, to to make an impact because that's what ultimately we want Mora to do to come into a game to impact it in a positive way and then he'll justify starting in certain games next season I, I think to ask him to come in straight away and and set the world light I just I can't see that happening I, I really can't but it's certainly in terms of bringing a player in it's a it's a sign of intent from from Poch and from and from Daniel Levy to bring in a a, a player of quality which is what we've, which is what we've, which is what we've asked for, for season after season. And I think finally, you know, we've 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 actually managed to go into the transfer market in January as well. You know, which is which is a difficult market to mm. to to trade in anyway, and to bring in a, a player like like Lucas Mora for relatively, you know, twenty three million is, is small money, but you you know you know what I mean in in this market, it's. It's not the biggest transfer you've ever seen. I think it's, I think it's really good business, really good business, and hopefully, he'll be one to 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 gel and fit into our squad, and perform like we want him to. And I, I think he, I think he will. I, I'm, I'm hopeful for him. I really am. The only thing I'd, I'd, I'd say in terms of our fans, I just hope that. <sighs> The expectations aren't such that um, if we sort of collectively as fans think that he's going to instantly come into the team and be, you know, be the answer to all of our, I was going to say problems, but perceived problems no. or, or, or issues. There's always that feeling of excitement around a new signing. Um, and I've got to say that the whole... Murra thing. I was glad once it happened because it was just so tedious and so protracted, and people. It was embarrassing. Just if you went on Spurs um, Twitter feed and you looked at, I don't know, there was an announcement on, for example, um, travel to the Liverpool match, right? So Liverpool uh, Spurs official put out a tweet saying, you know, um, for those fans travelling to Liverpool, um, you know, ch- you've got to check these. Um, check, check, check the train that you're on because they're engineering works blah 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 and then you get a whole lot of Spurs fans just replying to that tweet and just saying announce Mora announce Mora and you just think <laughs> really it's, you know it's going to happen when it's going to happen and then those same fans if and I hope it doesn't go pear shaped but if six, 12 months down the line um, Mora turns out to be another NG or GK or whoever and it's not really Janssen, it's not clicking, and those fans are going to be the first ones complaining about it. I'd, I'd, he's an option, so he can play in place of Delhi or Sun. If you've got Kane and Mora and Sun running at people with Ericsson pinging balls about, it's a lovely option to have. Um, and in, in terms of what he can do for the team, you're right, Zoe, he's played for PSG, so he's going to be a player. Then there's the lovely video of where he, he runs the length of the pitch with the ball and then misses. So he's going to fit into our team really well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Spurs player already, you know, he is. Um, but Lamella will, will get more games towards the end of the season. I would expect him to start against Newport, if I'm honest. Um 
but because he looked lively and he when he was at his height of his powers he was doing that kind of thing he was just buzzing around getting in people's faces putting his foot in breaking up play going on crazy little runs playing Ericsson in for a goal at Man City he'll come he'll come back into the side I'm sure he'll come back into the side and have and, and have a bit to play for the end of the season okay um before I come to the final question, we, we mentioned we had a question earlier from Faustino, um, and I mentioned Faustino Spreer, the former Newcastle striker, and what he was doing, or what he's since been doing since hanging up his boots. So um, I was partly right about what I said he did. Um, he's he la- was it cocaine? Was no, it cocaine? no, it wasn't. It wasn't no. cocaine. And um, so he, what he did was he launched his own brand of condoms. Um, in, in his own country, and then he was also invited to to star in a porn movie. Um, I don't know whether uh, anything transpired there, um, but there you go. Um, how many professional footballers go on to star in a porn movie and launch their own brand of condoms? I don't know. Um, right, final question. Um, I've merged these into one. Kent Goodrich, Wanyama, goal of the season, and not just for us, I mean in the league. And Mark Stoll, was Wanyama's spaghetti fueled netbuster our goal of the season so far? If not, what's your favourite? Oh, gosh, I, I think I, I think it definitely is our, my, it's my personal goal of the season so far. I don't think Wanyama will ever hit another ball quite like that. It was the technique it was the fact that it was the 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 game was teetering on uh, a knife edge at that time anyway and it, uh, i think i read somewhere online that it um, it was it was 63 miles an hour they registered that the speed of his kick and the ball i loved it when it, it it hit the back of the net and it was so powerful it just flew straight back out again didn't even nestle in the net yeah i, it I thought it hit the post i thought it hit the post i didn't think it gone in <laughs> honestly didn't think it had gone in I really didn't. And the way I was watching it on a stream, the Twitter was ahead of the game. So it came up and I was like, what? What? And it, I must have been about a minute behind. So I called my son and said, Charlie, Charlie, come watch this. He had no idea it was going to happen. And he was jumping around like a nutter. But um, but I, I think um, my favourite goal was, uh, other than that, would be Ericsson's after 11, 10 point whatever seconds, um, which I missed. Because I come in from football training, I was making my tea, and my son shouted through from the lounge, like, "Daddy, Daddy, we've kicked off!" And then all I heard was, "Go on, go on, go on, go, on. Dad, we scored, we scored!" And I'd miss, and I was just like walked in my mess going, "What the fuck's going on?" <laughs> Completely missed it. I was just like, "What?" So yeah, those two. But Wanyama's was a perlo. They say you hit it with your laces, you don't feel it; it just goes. And it was one of them. I doubt we'll ever score oh, another like it, but you yeah. see absolute rocket superb 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 execution execution i think you know there's been a lot of goals this season so far that i've enjoyed obviously the, the ericsson one um against united um the all the came strikes pretty much most of his goals that they've all they've all meant something um you know his hat trick against southampton um when he hit that landmark the most goals in a calendar year all, all of that um the Kane's goal against Huddersfield, where he picked it up with his back face to goal, beat a few, and then it, that was Bailesque's strike with with his left foot. And also in that game, um, in terms of an actual goal, not in terms of satisfaction, but in terms of a strike, um, 
there was a t- uh, team effort, as I recall. Um, yeah, where, where Ben they Davis. Yeah, they all yeah. touched the ball. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, there were two of those. There was one against um, Huddersfield where Ben Davis scored. But yeah, there was one where they all touched the ball. I mean, Ericsson against um, Everton. Um, but in terms of actual strikes, obviously, Suns a few few weeks ago against West Ham was 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 good. But it's got to be it's got to be the Victor strike. I mean, yeah. everything just in terms of you know the execution, the technique, and to keep the ball down because you can. You can pelt a ball, but it can go into Rosette. For it to just be hit so cleanly, beautiful, beautiful strike. Yeah, um, yeah I'd, I'd be very surprised if we... Well, very, very surprised if Victor ever scores a goal, a, a goal better than that, but I'd be very surprised if we manage to get a goal better than that this season. If we do, it's going to be quite some goal. Um, In terms of timing, it was crucial because we had them on the rocks and if we hadn't have scored around then, yeah. they could have easily gone up the other end and got two or we could have just, like you know, our heads dropped. So in terms of timing, brilliant, brilliant. Absolutely. Right, um, the next podcast will return back to our regular weekend slot. It will be recorded next Sunday, the day after the North London derby. Uh, until then, thank you, John. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. And until Sunday, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the base are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low tonight. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen. Pull on that lily white and run on to that green. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.